Peace of our Lord be with you. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings. Based on those words from this morning's epistle lesson, it would appear that someone had done for Timothy when he was a child what we all just promised to do for Davis Frame, when we all said together that we would teach Davis about Abraham and Sarah, Moses and Miriam, Jesus and God, all of whom Davis will find in our version of what this morning's epistle lesson called the sacred writings. Of course, careful speech requires us to say that the sacred writings Timothy had learned in his childhood would not be the same as what we call the Bible because the 66 books we call the Bible were not officially declared by the church to be the Bible until about three centuries after 2 Timothy was written. But while the books may not be the same, the point is, and the point then and now, is that sacred scripture holds a large and important place in all of our lives. To be content to say that about the Bible, sacred scripture holds a large and important place in our lives, might be for many of the people of God, a step in the direction of a more truthful relationship with the Bible. However, here in our corner of the world, it can be hard to be content only to say, sacred scripture holds a large and important place in our lives. Because so many of the dear and good, wonderful people with whom we go to work and school each day have been taught to talk about the Bible in ways that sound so much bigger and better than that. After all, to say, Scripture holds a large and important place in our lives can seem much less impressive than saying, 
The Bible is the perfect revelation of God in which every word is perfect and authoritative for all times and places. But, while that may sound bigger and better than simply saying, Scripture holds a large and important place in our lives, to be content to say, Scripture holds a large and important place in our lives would be, for most people, I think for every person I know, a more truthful way to speak of our relationship to the Bible. Because most of the dear and good, wonderful and sincere souls who say that each word in the Bible is perfect and authoritative for all times and places, apply that standard of perfection and authority in highly selective ways. They have no problem, for example, protecting their homes with burglar alarms despite the fact that Matthew 5.39 says, do not resist an evildoer. They continue to need walk-in closets, despite the fact that Luke 3.11 says, if you have two coats, you should give one to someone who has no coat. They are not socialists, despite the fact that 2 Corinthians 8.15 affirms the principle that those who have too much, those who have much should not have too much so that those who have little will not have too little. And they continue to enjoy owning things despite the fact that in Luke 14, 33, Jesus says, you cannot be my follower unless you give up all your possessions. When confronted with all of that, the most common response, the actually, in my experience, the universal response is, well, everybody knows you can't take those verses literally. They have to be interpreted, which is true. Exactly. Those verses do have to be interpreted. But if those verses have to be interpreted, that means that all the other verses in the Bible have to be interpreted. We don't get to interpret the verses. We are afraid to apply to ourselves and then take literally the verses we are eager to apply to others, while simultaneously claiming to take every word of the Bible as the perfect and authoritative word of God for all times and places. My sisters and brothers, 
this is one of those things in life that if we do not get right, we are destined to get many things wrong. Because we live in that corner of the world which H.L. Mencken named the Bible Belt, we live in a part of the world where people are quick and easy to resort to a Bible verse here and a Bible verse there to undergird whatever their opinion happens to be. And because we live in that part of the world where that practice is a daily occurrence, it is even more important for us to get this right. I know a good bit about using the Bible in that highly selective, consistently inconsistent way because it is a way of using the Bible with which I, along with countless millions more, grew up. The Bible verses which would have challenged our consumerism and materialism, comfort and security, we found ways around. While we took literally those verses, which indicted, condemned, marginalized, and shamed those who were different from us, picking and choosing our way through the Bible, while simultaneously claiming to believe that every word in the Bible was perfect and authoritative for all time. And here's the amazing thing about that. None of us were ever called out on it by any of us. I find that amazing. Despite our shameless picking and choosing our way through the Bible while simultaneously claiming to believe that every word in the Bible was literal, perfect, authoritative for all times, none of us ever called out any of us. It is as though we had all entered into some sort of unspoken agreement that none of us would ever point out to any of us how hypocritical we were when it came to the way we used the Bible. Think for a moment of how much more truthful our relationship to the Bible would have been if instead of using the authority of the Bible to prop up our lives and push down others, we had been content instead simply to say, sacred scripture 
holds a large and important place in our lives. See, we could have said that and been honest people. Think for a moment of how much more truthful everyone's relationship to the Bible would be if we all just read the Bible, studied the Bible, loved and learned from the Bible, found light and comfort and courage and strength and guidance in the Bible, and then said, sacred scripture holds a large and important place in our lives. Period. That's all. Amen.